Welcome to From Beer to the Bible with your host, Urban Lee. Each week, you'll hear stories from Urban's road to sobriety and steps you can take to help you or a loved one find healing through Jesus Christ. Now here's your host, Urban Lee. Good evening. This is Urban Lee, your host of From Beer to the Bible. You can find more information about the book at FromBeerToTheBible.com. You can find more information about Hampton Ministries at HamptonMinistries.org. Today I want to talk about a cluttered mind. A cluttered mind. I want to read a scripture. I'm going to go to Matthew 13, verse 22. This is the man who hears the word and the worry of the world and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word and it becomes unfruitful and it becomes unfruitful. And one of the things I have been struggling with probably really since I started doing the radio show is keeping my mind and my soul uncluttered because a lot of times we, we hear the word and I, I do believe that we believe the word But when you believe something, you act upon it. You act upon it. You apply it to your life. And early on in my sobriety, as I was trying to establish a foundation, one of the things I noticed is I had to learn to reprogram my mind. Reprogram my mind. Meaning adjust the way. I thought there were strongholds that had been built up in my mind over the course of my addiction. And quite honestly, my, my thinking was very self-centered. It was all emotional. It was based on my emotions. And as I got sober, and I'm going to take a step back and, and talk about my second week in rehab, I noticed as I was thinking in my second week, by this point, I'm cleaned up, I'm doing well, and I'm progressing. Then all of a sudden, one day, my mind is flooded with all these negative thoughts, with the craving for drinking, so much so that it starts to manifest itself um, physically. My thoughts started to manifest themselves physically and I became physically sick and I had been, like I said, I was doing well I'm two weeks in and I started shaking. I started sweating. I really didn't know what was wrong with me. And then I'm thinking, I know how to fix this. I know how to fix this. So I said to myself, I'm feeling so bad that I'm going to get out of here. I'm just going to go get me a drink. So this is a story I, I really haven't told very many people, but So I'm in my room, it's lunch break, and I'm shaking, and and my thoughts are just, my mind's cluttered, and I can't get it clear. So I make a decision that I'm going to, I'm going to go fix it. Well, how was I going to go fix it? I was going to go have a drink. So my room was close to the back stairs. So I said, I'm going to take the back stairs, and I'm going to go out the back door. So I start down the stairs, and lo and behold, there's an angel there. Yes, his name was Angel. And at that point, he was my angel. He said, hey, where are you going? Where are you going? 
And I said, look, man, you guys need to earn your money today because I'm, I'm going to give you one chance to help me uh, and get me calmed down or I'm out of here. I'm going to go drink because I can't stop shaking. My mind's racing and I'm, I'm full of anxiety, fear. So he said, follow me. So he takes me into the executive director's office and I, I'm pacing back and forth. I'm honestly, I'm just a mess. So she says, sit down, Irvin, be still. I never forget. She says, be still. So uh, as I've told you guys before, my favorite scripture is be still and know that I'm God, Psalm 4610. So I'm still, and I said, well, what's happening to me? And she said, what is happening is all of the bad things that you've put in your body physically and also the bad things that you have put in your soul and your mind are now coming up and your body physically doesn't know how to deal with the trauma that it's experiencing now, nor does your soul, which is your mind, will, and emotions, right? And I thought that was so profound. She said, what we got to do is we got to get you to calm down. You leaving here and going drinking is not going to solve the problem. And what that showed me was the power of your mind and of your soul that things can manifest in your soul. Strongholds is is what I refer to them as that they have to be ripped down. And honestly, the way that mine got ripped down was through my faith in Christ. But there was also this physical manifestation of them that showed up in my body and also in my, in my thinking, because I often say you are, are your, you are your habits. And I had very bad habits. And anytime stress or pressure came, I always ran to get a drink. Well, I'm sober. I'm in rehab. There's no drinks. But my mind was telling me, okay, we're freaking out here. The only way you're going to get us to calm down is you need to go get a drink. And although I had been sober for two weeks, I'm still under my old habits being controlled by my old thinking. And so what do I default to? I got to get out of here as good as I was doing. As soon as it manifested itself in my soul, I was ready to leave and go get a drink because I had no real coping mechanisms at that point. Uh, And they did earn their money that day. The executive director got me to calm down she really did a good job of explaining to me what was happening in my soul and what was happening to me physically. So she said, you're going to have to develop ways to cope with the stresses of life. And I got a question from a listener and she said, what's the most difficult part about your newfound sobriety? What's the most difficult part about your newfound sobriety? Well, the answer is being sober, being sober and staying sober. The getting sober is, I was going to say, at least in my own personal experience, while it is painful physically, it is painful um, to your soul. That is just the beginning. That is just the beginning, because after I got sober, and I got out, I had to learn to develop 
coping skills. I had to learn a rhythm of living and I had to learn how to not just be sober because there's lots of what we call just a person who's not drinking. I couldn't just be a person who's not drinking because then you're miserable. You're miserable in your soul, which is your mind, will, and emotions, and you aren't a very nice person to be around. So there's a big difference between someone who's just not drinking and then someone who's truly experiencing the freedom of sobriety that is in Christ. And so I I really had to learn to to cope with the stresses of life, whether it was my wife, um, the business and the stores. And that is the most difficult part of, of sobriety is just being sober and learning not to run back to old habits to calm yourself down. And a lot of it is around your habits. And I, I had to, tear down really bad habits because what happens when you are an alcoholic, all of your good habits start to just slowly dissipate. So by the time I was a full blown alcoholic, I wasn't working out. I would dare to say at that point, I didn't have any really what I would call good habits. I wasn't reading my Bible. I wasn't praying everything in my life just really truly revolved revolved around drinking. Um, so I had to start from the very beginning of how do I, how do I live? And that started with, okay, how do I plan my days? So I had to start working out again. I had to start reading my Bible again. I had to start going to church again and I had to learn how to, to be married again. And that's all a lot. Uh, to throw on to someone who is is just beginning, you know, 31 days sober. So let me break it down to you. One of the things that I made a decision, I made a decision in my soul was you're going to have to get up every morning and you're going to have to read the word of God. So I set a time where every morning I would pray, I would meditate, and I would read the word of God. Uh, and then I would also share the word of God with my mom, my grandmother and my aunt and several other people. So that helped keep me accountable to, to waking up, getting up every morning and making sure that I got the word of God in me. Start my day with the Lord. And I've found it makes me much more successful. The next thing I decided I had to do to stay sober was begin to work out. I had not been working out. I was carrying a lot of weight from the alcohol. What a lot of people don't realize is that alcohol has a lot of sugar in it. Therefore, so you end up weighing a lot because you're, you're consuming a lot of empty calories. So I decided that I was going to work out six to seven days a week. And as I started to do that, I found that while I was working out, uh, the elliptical became my favorite machine. So while I was on the elliptical, I would pray. Uh, so I was not only exercising, but I was also praying, talking, and listening to the Lord. And what we must remember when we're praying is that prayer is a conversation, which means you talk and you pray, and then you also allow the Lord to talk and let him pray. So I did that. And then I made a decision that 
every day after I worked out, I was going to come home and then I would go to work. Then after I'd go to work, I'd come home. I would decompress, ask my wife to give me 30 to 45 minutes after I got home from work to just kind of decompress. Again, I would read the word, meditate, and then me and my wife set a schedule where we would have dinner between 6.30 and 7.30 every day. And that was kind of our time to reconnect. Well, that's my schedule and that's my, my rhythm of recovery that helps keep me sober. Because without that, what I have found, if I just drift through life being undisciplined, then I spend too much time in my own head. And I think any alcoholic will tell you that time alone in our head is like a battlefield. Uh, And one of the things I had to learn to do was when negative thoughts, thoughts of drinking, thoughts of any anything that enslaved me in my past would come to my mind, I had to take that thought captive and I had to learn how to take that thought captive and make it uh, obedient to Christ Jesus. And for me, that's a discipline. So I'm, I'm learning that and I'm still learning that. And then I would say the other thing that I have to be careful of in my sobriety is me running my own life me running my own life, me being my own God, um, and not just letting Jesus Christ be my Savior, but also be my Lord. Lord means owner, master. So my life is not my own. And I have to continually remind myself of that throughout the day because in the busyness of life, the world, and the enemy, the enemy will try to distract you and keep you away from God, making you anxious and making you make decisions in the busyness of the world without consulting the Lord. So I have to be very careful of that. I have to, as the Bible says, surrender unto the triune God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So I quote that scripture to myself out loud. I remember it so that I remember to stay surrendered to God. For someone who's been an alcoholic, most alcoholics, the root of our problem is we want to run our own lives. And quite honestly, we're we're very incapable of that. What happens is alcohol ends up running our own lives. So for me, I have to stay humble and I have to stay submitted to Jesus Christ If I'm going to be sober and that's a day by day thing, that's sometimes just a minute by minute thing, because for so many years, to be honest, for 43, I always did what I wanted to do. I wanted to I usually did whatever satisfied my flesh and made me feel good at that time. Thus, I was allowed to fall into a pit of sin and shame and addiction So now I have to take a step back and say to myself, Lord, what should I do in this situation? Give me your knowledge. Give me your wisdom. What is your will? And on most of my decisions, it needs to be all of them. And I'm not perfect at doing it, but I'm trying and I'm learning. But again, that was a stronghold that just existed for 43 years of my life where I didn't really consult anybody. I only consulted myself and my selfishness and self-centeredness. Uh, 
So learning to be truly submitted to the Lord and allowing him not just to be my Lord, but to be my savior and then allowing the Holy Spirit to take control. So I walk in the will, the ways and the plans and the assignments and purposes that the Lord has for me by the power of the Holy Spirit. And there are times I just have to remind myself when I get overwhelmed, even though as long as I have been sober, I still have moments where I'm anxious. I still have some moments where fear and doubt creeps in. And I have to say to myself, slow down, talk to the Lord, get to the Lord. So when I feel myself taking back control of my life, I usually try to get somewhere, get still, pray, meditate, and surrender to the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, please lead me, guide me, counsel me, empower me, enable me. Holy Spirit, take control because this is too big for me, but it's not too big for you. And for a person like myself, who's been so self-centered and so inner focus, that's a big step for me. But those are steps that I just have learned over time and ways that I cope with the day-to-day life of being sober. And in all honesty, the reason I'm sober today is that I live my life surrendered to Christ and I live my life through the power of the Holy Spirit. I know we don't talk a lot, even churches that I've gone to don't talk a lot about the Holy Spirit. And this is going to probably sound funny to you guys, but I was in class one day. I'm working on a master's of divinity or a master's of theology. I'm going to let the Lord tell me which one. But I asked my professor, I said, why is it that Pastors don't talk more about the Holy Spirit. Why is it pastors don't preach, teach, and talk more about the Holy Spirit? And he said to me, because it's messy. He said, because it's messy. Now, I almost fell out of my chair, but I appreciate his honesty. So, as I told you guys before, I'm, I'm very bullish and aggressive when it comes to the Lord. So I said, is the Holy Spirit not God? He said, no, he is God. He said, but when you start to talk about him in church, sometimes it gets messy. I said, but if he is God, then people need to know and understand his function. Because for many years, I didn't understand truly I knew about the Holy Spirit, but I didn't understand his function and how he functioned and lived and indwelt me. I think people need to know that. And he just said, I'm being very honest with you. And then I started to go back after he said that I appreciated it. And he agreed with me that there needed to be much more focus on the Holy Spirit, his function and him being God. And people need to really understand that. Because once I started to understand that the Holy Spirit was the one that was going to lead God, counsel me and help me live my life, not only the life of a follower of Jesus Christ, 
but help me live a sober life, right? In Christ, I'm incapable of doing that in my own strength and power. The reason that I'm sober is I understand the power that lives inside of me that is so much greater than the powers that live in this world. But I understood that by researching, reading, and being in seminary. Well, everyone doesn't have the opportunity to go to seminary. So I I wanted to take time to say to you today, if you have not heard sermons, if you have not read and you do not understand the wonderful gift of the Holy Spirit that indwells all believers who is there to lead God, counsel you into your purpose, your assignment. There are so many things that the Lord has called me to do that I I look back over my life. I look at my life now and I say, I have no ability to do that. Even when the Lord speaks directly in and to me through others or through the word of God. And I always say, God, wow. I used to say, God, I, I'm, I'm not capable But when God calls you, he also qualifies you and you have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. So whatever the Lord has asked you to do, that thing that just keeps coming up, no matter what it is, surrender to him and he will enable you and empower you through the Holy Spirit. Because I remember telling you guys that when I got to rehab and they told me I could never drink again. Well, I said I could never drink again. They said, can you just not drink for 24 hours? And honestly, at that point, I didn't think that I could make it not drinking for 24 seconds, but by the power that lived in me, I was able to make it and I make it now one day at a time. And we'll be right back with one of the most important things I want to leave you with today. We'll be back with more of From Beer to the Bible right here on The Word, 100.7 FM. Finding addiction help is intensely personal, and the differences in options may not be immediately clear. Hampton Ministries was founded with the intent to provide people struggling with substance and behavioral issues with guidance to find the best environment for their well-being and recovery. Our main focus is to help those who use drugs and alcohol to break free and learn to cope with life circumstances. Hampton Ministries provides a rehab welcome kit to provide crucial resources to make their journey a success. Utilizing Lonnie Hampton's principles of character, work ethic, and selflessness, participants learn to hold themselves accountable. We want to help each individual obtain the life skills necessary to live a happy, successful, sober life. If you or a loved one is wrestling with substance abuse and needs help finding treatment or to donate, please visit HamptonMinistries.org. That's HamptonMinistries.org. Welcome back to From Beer to the Bible. Here's your host, Irvin Lee. Welcome back. I'm your host, Irvin Lee of From Beer to the Bible. You can find the book at FromBeerToTheBible.com. You can find more information about Hampton Ministries at hamptonministries.org. And I want to leave you today with the most important thing about being sober as we continue the rest of the show. And the most important thing is understanding and planning each day of your life. Do not drift. 
do not walk through life without a purpose and do not depend on your own strength, your own power, your own enablement. Trust in the Lord God to help you stay sober. And the one thing I have found, even when the enemy, my flesh, my soul comes against me, the thing that I'm going to tell you that I practice myself is get to Jesus as quick as possible. Get to Jesus. Pray and meditate on him and he will see you through. And I want to leave you with this. The love, I love you. The faith is in Christ Jesus and the hope is found in the Lord our God. May God always richly bless you. Thank you for listening to From Beer to the Bible with host Irvin Lee. To learn more, visit FromBeerToTheBible.com. There you can catch past episode podcasts and find other resources. That's FromBeerToTheBible.com.